Welcome back to the Nosebleeds podcast. I'm Matthew Coit. I'm Don Kagan Fleming. We're here. We're in your ears. We have a fun little episode. Uh, we had Mike Gould on from the Heat Beat, uh, Flames Nation, uh, Twitter in general. Um, big Calgary sports guy with the AHL Heat and with the Flames. Um, we talked with him about obviously the Tom Wilson situation, which we're going to get into uh, in that interview. Talked a little bit about the Heat and the prospects they have graduating, how their season went, and how he found it uh, kind of being one of the only media members at. <laughs> this quarantine AHL uh, in-person media conglomerate setup. Creature amalgamation <laughs> thing. It's fun. We're really happy to bring this to you guys and kind of a part one in a new little series we're going to be bringing you guys with some surprise guests coming up. Checking in around our country of Canada in the craziest year, uh, not just in hockey in the world, but in hockey as well. And so uh, welcome to part one of that. Cool. Joining us now, uh, Mike Gould from The Heat Beat. Mike, how's it going? I'm doing just great. How are you? <laughs> We're doing good. Thanks for uh, yeah. hopping on. Yeah, of course. That's uh, great. To, it's great to get some other voices, some some fun Canadian AHL journalism voices on here. <laughs> just people listening to us spout things all day. <laughs> It's it's a niche, that's for sure. We're very we're very on the East Coast, so it's it's easy to get lost on the uh, you know. We have to go past the Toronto hype storm to even see what's happening in uh, mm -hmm. out west. Yeah. But, uh, before we get into any uh, you know hockey talk, I saw on Instagram you got your driver's license today. I did get my driver's license today. Um, I <laughs> it's um, it was it was fun. Um, I got so here in Alberta. Um, I don't know how it works in Ontario or Montreal or wherever, but um, I I had to take my test to get my class five license. Mm -hmm. Uh, from my class seven license, which is essentially the learners, uh, you cannot get more than 75 points on the test. Otherwise you will fail. And I got 60 points. So I passed. <laughs> there go. Yeah. There you go. First try. Is, though, now that you have a driver's license, will you be writing a hit song about it? Uh, no, no, I won't be doing that. Um, I actually own a Vespa, um, which I, oh, really? uh, which, <laughs> yes, which, which you That's can awesome. drive, you can drive in Alberta with a class seven license. However, I have driven it very sparingly since I got into a crash with it last year. Um, <laughs> and I have become a little bit scared of, of driving it since. Um, so it'll be just cars for a while. And then I'll eventually fix the big scratch on the side of my beautiful red Vespa. <laughs> <laughs> Love it. Speaking, speaking of car crashes, uh, we had basically the NHL equivalent to one uh, earlier this week with the whole Tom Wilson situation. Yes. Kind of, you know, it's dominated the headlines, obviously, for the past couple of days. But I'm, I'm kind of curious what your, I guess, first off, your initial take on, you know, the initial incident with Wilson, Panarin, and uh, Buchnevich was. Well, okay. Here, here's what I'm going to say. I, I know everybody in the world says Tom Wilson is the kind of guy you would want on your team. And... Um, you know, I, I would agree, but the thing is half of what he does as a player basically is attempt to injure other players. So you can't just look at what Tom Wilson is and then remove, you know, you know, 25 or 50% of what he is as a player and then say, oh, that's a guy who I'd want on my team because you're taking away a huge component of what he has done at the NHL level then. You know, like he is a guy who is has made his name on, you know, towing the line and crossing it. So I can't say that I would want Tom Wilson on my team because he's just too reckless and he's too, he is, he is too uh, averse to change. 
And what he did the other night is uh, I didn't like it. I thought he should have been suspended. Uh, I thought that the bigger mistake, even bigger than what he did on the ice was the NHL's decision not to suspend him because it ultimately resulted in that mess that was that Rangers Capitals game. 100 penalty minutes in the first period. I mean, that all could have been avoided if the NHL had taken a proactive stance on things, um, but they chose not to. And so that's basically all I have to say. I, I'm not a fan of Wilson, but I'm even more so not a fan of NHL player safety after that. Mm-hmm. I think that's a good point you brought up there at first, Mike, because like you said, everyone, whenever you argue about the kind of player Tom Wilson is, you do get the, well, if, if he was on the free agency market, you know, he'd have 30 calls from every GM, you want his level of play on the ice. You don't necessarily want him. And I think that's the thing people fail to separate. Like, yeah, you'd love the idea of a 6'4", 225-pound guy that can skate like he does, that can score like he does. But, like, why does everything else have to come with it? Like, it doesn't have people like, well, he's less effective if he's not. No, he's not less effective. He's less effective if he's doing that crap because he's suspended or he's in the box. You want him on the ice. Correct me if I'm wrong, but Jerome McGinley never got suspended once in his career. Oh, um, question. that's a great question. I will uh, get on the... I, I, I can almost guarantee it. And, you know, Jerome, power forward, just, you know, one of the greatest power forwards ever to play the game. Absolutely. Uh, you know, hu- huge guy, uh, huge guy, dominant physical force out there, could score like the best of them. Like, mm-hmm. like, yeah, he was the best of them when it came to scoring at times. And he was one of the cleanest, classiest players in the league. And that's, you know, I, I, there is really no reason why Tom Wilson shouldn't be just a gentleman when he's on the ice. Like you, you should be able to rein that in and use your physical talents to, to, you know, create space for yourself and, you know, unleash really hard shots and, you know, be the skilled player that you are and not, you know, repeatedly take liberties with the other team's players. Like, really, that's all it comes down to. There's no reason why these players have to be repeatedly stepping over the line. And I think ultimately it's just arrogance. That's really what I think it comes down to. Um, but I don't know. I'm not inside his head. So mm-hmm. well, you, no, I agree you, you were right. Sorry, real quick, Mike. Uh, again, that was never suspended. Uh, the closest he came was he almost got suspended uh, when he had to skip the All-Star game. well there you go but mike i agree with you though there's an arrogance that comes with the idea was like well i'm not going to get punished because guess what he isn't like yeah he's been suspended but when you look at any of those suspensions has anyone ever really been like yeah that's enough uh like people are happy he's gotten suspended but anyone who looks at the situation and goes yeah yeah oh he almost takes a guy's head off yeah six games that's fine what and I would argue that he's getting these lenient judgments uh, in in his favor, probably because he's talented. Like at a certain point, you know, Rafi Torres, once he became less good at hockey, started getting those big suspensions. Yeah, 41 um, games back in, what was it? 41 six? games in the preseason and 25 or something when he was with the Coyotes and he hit Marion Hossa. You know, uh, he, yeah, he, he, once he sort of deteriorated as a player, because there was a time when Rafi Torres was scoring 20 goals a year. Uh, but once he deteriorated, de- deteriorated as a player, the NHL seemed a lot more uh, willing to give him those suspensions. And I think it's sort of a similar thing with Wilson. They're sort of treating him with some kid gloves because he is, you know, he runs, he rides shotgun with Ovechkin. 
and you know i just don't like it they should they should be treating all they, they should be treating all their players with the respect that they deserve and right now wilson hasn't shown that he earns a lot that he's earned a lot of respect from the nhl's player safety department really honestly yeah i think i'm i think we're, we both agree with that uh yeah. when i looked at tom wilson you know some people like were, were saying stuff like oh well he's just doing what you know every player should do he's playing hard he's you know, getting into those scrums. And I'm kind of like, can you really look me in the eye and honestly tell me that the scrum with Buchnevich and the scrum with Panarin was like a normal, what we've deemed as a normal hockey play? Yeah. Definitely not. No. You know, we no. saw Crosby get mixed up with, I'm try, I, I want to say it was Konecki. Konecki, yeah. uh, in With the Flyers the next day and people were trying to compare those two. And um, no. it's just when it was such an ignorant, like, <laughs> eye <or> like <laughs> type of comparison. But yeah. Um, with Wilson, he just he knows exactly what he's doing. He knows exactly what the league will and won't suspend uh, him for. His team is never going to throw him under the bus. I guess most of the GMs agree with the way the Department of Player Safety is going, based on reports that have been coming out. Um, it's been uh, <laughs> it's been a, a very interesting saga and a, a look into kind of the inner workings of how the NHL polices itself and ultimately kind of doesn't police itself. And like you said, Mike, it's how we end up with 100 penalty minutes in a first period of a game that really shouldn't matter. And a fine yes. 50 times bigger for the Rangers for criticizing the move than <laughs> for the actual, you know, saga itself. Yeah, you could see that one coming 100 miles away, couldn't you? I mean, I mean, oh, yeah. maybe for James Dolan, that's just the price of doing business. And, you know, I, I just, I think it's absurd that, that they got suspended for, I mean, I, I can see why they got suspended or, or why they got, why they got fined. Um, but it just, it comes off the optics of it for the NHL are terrible um, because it basically just looks like they're, they have made their decision and anybody who doesn't like it can shut up. That's basically what it comes down to. Um, it comes off as them being very stifling towards dissent um, for better or for worse. So let's leave it at that. As soon as, soon as Panarin's kind of shoulder hit the ice in that play, I was just looking at it. Like, so it's all, all the makings of a catastrophe <laughs> to yeah. the NHL. And yeah, basically that's into what, uh, what happened. Um, mm -hmm. Kind of now transitioning to, to you and kind of what you went up uh, and did this season with the heat. First of all, I guess, how, how did you find it covering the, the heat this season, the AHL Stockton heat? Yeah, it was uh, an interesting process. Um, so I write for, uh, 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 I, one of the sites I write for is flamesnation.ca mm -hmm. and the leader there is Ryan Pike. Mm -hmm. And uh Pike, Pike had, has the accreditation to cover the Flames. And uh, when the advisory came out that uh, the Heat were going to be here and there was going to be media allowed, I, was, I immediately said to Ryan that if there's an opportunity to do this, I will cover it. Um, and Ryan, you know, he said that he... He just wanted some more free time. So he wasn't that keen on covering both teams. And so I, I was like, great, you know, I'll, I'll just take it. And uh, so I uh, sent the email, got the approval. Um, and then it was just a matter of going to the saddle home. Um, so there were 11 dates, 11 home games. That they played an unbalanced schedule this year. Uh, the Heat did because they changed their locale late. Um, so after they, 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 they relocated temporarily to Calgary after the AHL schedule, it had already been announced. So they ended up having to play 30 games total, 11 of them, only 11 at home. 
uh, when I believe every other team's playing 36 uh, or something like that. And so 11 home games. Um, I later learned there was sort of a, a snafu with getting me the accreditation. Maybe I wasn't supposed to get it or something. I don't know. Uh-oh. And so I never actually got a physical pass. Every time I went in, I had to get a wristband. Uh, they were like, you're Mike, right? And it was just like, it was this, it was this process that made me feel at times like I wasn't sure if I was supposed to be there. Uh, but it, it got to the point where, you know, Kale McLean, the, the head coach of the Heat, who's really well-spoken, you know, he started to know my name. And it was, it was this really interesting process because, you know, you're at the Saddleome and you walk in, uh, the Saddleome's an amazing old building. Um, you walk in the concourse, which is completely made out of concrete. You um, walk into the bowl, walk along the stands, walk up the stairs. And while you're walking along the stands, you can see into the part of the concourse that's being roped off to serve as the fitness area for the heat. And so after you, after the game, they're all in there working out. And so, you know, one time I think I ran into, I don't know who it was. It might've been Itu Tulola uh, walking out and I accidentally bumped into him. I wasn't supposed to, you know, really be that close to him. I didn't, I didn't come into contact with him, but it's just that funny little thing. Like you could look down and see all them working out. And it was this, it was this weird sort of behind the scenes thing. And then you'd go up the stairs and you'd go over top of the terrifying catwalk uh, into the press box. And for the vast majority of those 11 games, I was the only one there. The vast majority. It was just me in this empty press box watching AHL hockey um so it was a very interesting process it was a lot of fun there was a lot of people who were really instrumental in uh helping it happen i don't have a negative word to say about it really it was a fantastic experience and i would do it again i know what you mean kind of it's like a almost to really look down the 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 concourse you see players working out it's it's it never gets <laughs> less weird i think but i remember i was at the place bell in laval for a laval rocket game and I go down to the dressing room to go interview uh, one of the players. And Zach Fucali held the door open for me. Which is just, like, <laughs> yeah. Super weird. But yeah, it's kind of a funny thing to look back on. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, the thing is, you know, being accredited means you get to talk to all the players too. Right. And mm-hmm. so I, I, I got the chance to talk to every single player on the heat, uh, except the ones who don't speak English. There's a couple of them like our Tim Zagadulin needs an interpreter. Um, there's a few of them. I think Alexander Yellison was another one. So I didn't talk to those guys, but I talked to everybody else on the team uh, and they're just great. I mean, they were great guys, uh, all fantastic interviews. And uh, I mean, some, some were really, really great. <laughs> and uh, it, it was just a, tremendous experience can't can't say enough good words about it turning for a second to to the season itself i guess with the heat obviously not where they wanted to finish in the standings but you know looking ahead how much do you see this as uh when you watch the product on the ice something that they can build on when next year i guess is a little more knock on wood normal uh of a season yeah um their season was very condensed not a lot of practice time and near the end of the season it kind of showed a little bit like they had a lot of time to prepare at the beginning they they lost their first two then they won their next eight so they went eight and two and then after that they uh went three fifteen and two so those were some tough games to watch um but the eight game winning streak was a lot of fun and that's something that was um you know that was a highlight for sure 
you know, we were talking to guys and a common sentiment among the veterans was that it's important for younger players first entering the pro ranks to sort of get a taste of what it's like to lose um, just so they know what to expect in the future and that things in the future feel better uh, by comparison. And a three fifteen and two stretches is, is really hard to replicate um, for a lot of these guys. And this was a very, very young team, um, very young uh, you know, even like their prospects were young and they had very few tweeners, like their veteran uh, contingent was quite small. So no question. I think next year we'll probably see a bit more of a vet- veteran laden team, but we're also going to see some really good prospects coming in on a full-time basis next year. Um, this season, you know, the, the top guys were good. There's no question guys on this team will be NHL players for sure at some point, but um, you know, they're not first round picks. They're not like, uh, you know, guys like Dustin Wolf was only there for three games. Right. Um, you know, they'll be around the whole season next year and they'll give the team a lot more depth. The team also got ravaged by injuries, uh, and, and recalls to the taxi squad at certain points this year. So, um, they lost a lot in quick succession and it just sent them into a spiral. And I think next year they'll have a lot more experience and reason to build off of that. Kind of speaking of next year, um, some of the guys that come have come from, you know, the junior team uh, graduating up to the, the big squad. Uh, is there anybody that you're looking forward to seeing more regularly next season? Uh, that could be kind of one of those players that will soon graduate to the, the big club. Yeah, number one on that list is Connor Zary, unquestionably. Connor Zary's a very good player, and he was already, without a doubt, an AHL caliber player this year. Uh, he played nine games with the Heat, had seven points. He was just fantastic. He was playing on a line with Adam Rzichka and Matthew Phillips, which was the top line. Uh, you know, Phillips is one of the best players in the AHL. Uh, he's just a fantastic distributor of the puck. He's only 5'7", but he is one of the most skilled players I've ever seen. Like, he is unbelievably skilled. Uh, but Zary is right up there with him. Like just in terms of pure skill level, there's a reason he got picked in the first round, you know, flames made a pretty incredible maneuver to be able to trade down twice in the 2021st round and still come away with him. Um, you know, he, he's a guy who they, they really like, and there's good reason for it. You know, he's a, he's, he's a reasonably sized guy uh, who is just, just fantastic vision on the ice. He's he, he can really pick apart defenses with the way that he passes the puck. Uh, he's just tremendously skilled. Um, you know, so Connor Zary is going to be in Stockton probably all next season, but you know what? He might make the jump even quicker than that. I don't know. Um, he is relatively old for a guy who was drafted in 2020. I believe he just missed the cutoff by a few days. So, you know, he's, he's got a little bit more already under his belt. Um, Jacob Pelletier is a really good pl- prospect who I, I also think should be with the heat full-time next season. He's a guy who, you know, some people might see as even a bit more NHL ready than Zary. Um, I haven't seen him really that much, so I can't really comment on, on him that much, but everything I've heard is really, really positive with, with Jacob Pelletier. Um, really heady winger, uh, maybe not as big, you know, he's, you know, in the five ten range, but really smart and really competitive. Like he's, he's always in on plays. He was another first round pick back in 2019 He's a guy who they also really like. Um, Ryan Francis is going to be really interesting because he's not signed to a contract yet. 
the Flames picked him, I believe, in the fifth round of the 2020 draft. Um, and he went on to absolutely destroy the QMJHL this year. Um, I believe he's fifth in scoring this year in the Q. Um, now he, yeah, like I said, I don't think he, he's not signed to an ELC yet. So they're going to want to get him signed, but he is a 2001 birthday. So because he's a late 2001 birthday, I think he's in December. He will be eligible to play full-time with the Heat next year. Um, so if they get him signed, I could see him pushing for a really big role really quickly because he, he just destroyed the queue this year um, with St. John. Uh, Dustin Wolf is the last really big one. Um, Wolf, I mean, there's not a lot you can say that hasn't already been said about what he's done with Everett as a goalie. Um, you know, he is really close to catching the all-time Canadian Hockey League shutout record. Uh, he probably won't because of the shortened season this year. If it was a full season, there's no doubt in my mind that he would break it. Um, he's two shutouts back of Carter Hart for that record, which is 26, but he's played 50 fewer games. So that's, you know, that's the thing that is really impressive about Dustin Wolf. Now he's six feet tall, which isn't huge for a goalie. Uh, but he's fantastic. You know, he, he was with the heat earlier this season. He played three games. The first game he allowed five goals on 11 shots and every single one of those five shots was either a deflection or a ter terrible turnover within five feet or 10 feet of his own net. Um, I wouldn't blame him on any of them. The next game, he allowed the very first shot he faced. Okay. And it was again, another deflection. It, I believe it went in off Rob Hamilton's knee. After that, he stopped 62 of 64 shots and he was fantastic. Like I was watching him in the stands and he was just, he was making these saves, these quick reactionary saves. He's able to get across the crease so quickly. He's just, he's so quick in the net. And there's a reason why I say quick because the guy who he reminds me of a little bit and the guy who he wears the same number as is Jonathan Quick. He is a really skilled goaltender and I don't know how the Flames got him in the seventh round. Uh, but you know, Dustin Wolf is probably one of the best goalie prospects in hockey. And if he's as advertised, there's a lot of reason to be optimistic about next year's heat because he is going to be their starter if he's good. When, when you talk about all these young guys coming in, you mentioned earlier, a kind of smaller veteran group, a lot of maybe fewer tweeners. Do you see them maybe having even more turnover and kind of balancing that out with maybe some veterans coming in? maybe to just have a bit of a guiding hand. So while you might have a lot of skill, it's not just too much youth coming in all at once. Yeah, I, I think for sure there will be a lot of veterans coming in on the back end. Um, I think there will be a fair bit of turnover. I've heard some stuff about maybe CJ Lurby not coming back next year. He was a rookie for the Heat this year. He might be heading back over to Sweden. Um, excuse me. There have been some rumblings about Alexander Yellison going back over to Russia. He was a sophomore on the Heat this year. Um, Colton Poolman, I don't know if he'll be back for the heat on defense. He was the guy who they signed along with Connor Mackey, um, out of college. And he was, he was okay as a 25 year old in the AHL, but they might not choose to have him back. Um, and then the other guys, you know, on defense for them, Rob Hamilton is a guy who's been around for a few years with the heat, but I think it's time for a change of scenery there. Um, I think they're going to bring in, you know, I think uh, looking at their, their defense core next year, uh, it'll be Johan Schinval who they're bringing over from Sweden. He's 20, 23 or 24. I don't think Mackie will be back down there. I think he'll be spending the year with the flames. Um, so you got Schinval, you've got um, Jan Kuznetsov who they just signed. He was their second round pick uh, this past year for Calgary 2020. Uh, they just signed him. He'll be a, a rookie still next year. So they'll have him down there as a young guy. Um, and Ilya Solovyov was their seventh round pick last year, and he'll be here. 
I think the other three guys will probably all be veterans, you know, guys who are maybe 28, 29, 30 up front, you know, they're losing a few guys there too. And I think again, they'll sign some, you know, veterans, maybe they'll bring back some of the vets they already have. They have a guy named Alex Gallant, who's a pretty tough customer. He's 29 or 30. I think they'll probably bring him back. Maybe. I don't know. Mark Simpson's another guy. He used to play for UNB. Uh, he's a guy who they might bring back. He's 26. He's a really good PKer. Um, it's still pretty early to say at this point, but there will, it'll still be, you know, a relatively young team, I think, but there will be a bigger veteran contingent. Like this year, there were only like three or four veterans for a lot of the year. You're talking about, you know, Connor Zary, Jacob Pelche, Dustin Wolf eventually coming in. These are guys that obviously probably play at the AHL level very well. When it comes to graduating, graduating them to the NHL level, how long do you think it's going to take to get those that top end talent to the Flames and kind of begin the turnaround of a team that uh, finished? I, I think they're last in points percentage in, in the North Division right now. Um, uh, they're they're ahead of Ottawa, but yeah. not by much. Um, yeah, it's That's not a talking it, company if you're the if you're a Flames team looking to hopefully get yeah. in. The Flames are best described right now as listless. Um, They are not in a good spot and they're going to need young talent to come in here pretty soon. And I think we'll see an influx of that probably when they trade Johnny Gaudreau at some point, Uh, maybe when they trade Sean Monahan at some point, maybe if they trade Mark Giordano this summer, um, we'll see young guys coming in, but there's no, there's no argument for me saying that the Flames need to add more young players. And I think Connor Zary is going to get all the opportunities in the world to maybe even make the team out of camp. Jacob Pelletier, it's, you know, maybe I could see it. I think Wolf and Ryan Francis will probably make uh, just, just stay with the heat next season. Uh, but, you know, Zary and Pelletier, like looking at the flames, right? Like right now their center depth, you know, Sean Monaghan, not hundred percent to be on the team next year. Michael Backlund probably sticks around. Elias Lindholm, I don't know what position he'll play, whether he'll be their number one center or if he'll be on the right wing. Derek Ryan, they might re-sign him. They might let him go. He might sign with Seattle because he's from Washington. I don't know. Um, so yeah, Connor Zary, I don't think it's really out of the realm of possibility to say that he might be a top nine center with the Flames next year. I mean, he might. I think, I think there's a relatively good chance, depending on how they view themselves, that he'll get the nine out of, out of training camp. He'll get the nine games. Um, it just makes a lot of sense to me. I think Pelletier is probably a reasonably safe bet to just make the team just on a full-time basis. Their winger depth isn't great. Like you look at their four bottom six wingers this season for the last little bit. And it's been Milan Lucic who will be back. Uh, Joachim Nordstrom, Brett Ritchie and Buddy Robinson, which is not good bottom six winger depth um, at all. <laughs> just, it's not. Um, so I, I think it shouldn't be a, uh, really a challenge for Jacob Pelletier to crack that. I, I think he's probably a pretty safe bet to make the team at a camp. I mean, he's 20. He should, you know, you know, at this point he's proven all he can in the queue for sure at the AHL level, you know, yeah, come see, come saw. Right. You know, I, I don't know. I don't know if it's necessary. I, I, they, they view him pretty highly and he's a very skilled player. So, I mean, he was fantastic at the world juniors. We all saw that. Um, so yeah. I, I think there's definitely a, r- a lot of room. Dustin Wolf will, will take a little bit longer uh, just because he's a goalie and they will want to get him a bigger sample size at the AHL level. But those two guys, I think, and Connor Mackey probably will probably be the, the guys who make it the full-time transition next year out of the guys who are just coming into pro. Cool. Well, 
before we let you go, we would be remiss if we didn't actually put you to the test and see exactly what you're made of. And, you know, I'm from Calgary, you're from Calgary. Mm-hmm. Some of this history stuff, you know, we got to get it right. Otherwise, you know, who are we? What, what are we doing here? <laughs> who are so we? I'm at the, I'm, I'm sharing my, you know, a lot of deep questions. I'm sharing my screen, my screen. Yep. Now. I think you guys I can see that. The, my little Jeopardy board up here. If you're on audio, um, yep. little Jeopardy, there's three columns. Um, we won't go through all of them. I think I'm trying to get set this, the score limit at, at 2,500. I think okay. as a good, you know, uh, plateau to reach for. Uh, it's me, Don versus Mike. I wrote the question, so I would uh, win immediately because I'm really smart if I did this. All right. Uh, but we'll uh, start with our guest, Mike. Which column would you like to start with? Uh, I'll go with Flames History. Flames History. No. Oh, yeah. Sorry. We got, sorry, for, for audio, we got Flames History, the 2021 Flames, the 2021 Heat, and one little bonus one. Okay. Um, yes. So, Mike, uh, which number? I'll go for 500. 500. Ooh, big money. <laughs> yeah. Flames history, 500. What was the team? What was the team name of the first Calgary hockey team to compete for the Stanley Cup? That would be the Calgary Tigers. <laughs> uh, that is absolutely correct, Mike. The Calgary Tigers, Tigers from the 20s and 30s. <laughs> Don, you. I think you might be in trouble. Yeah. I, oh, I said at the start, this is going badly. <laughs> Don, which one would you like to go for? Uh, let's go uh, 2021 Flames for uh, 500. Let's try oh that. Boy. Let's catch up. Let's see if I can't catch up. Can you name the five oldest players on the Flames? Oh, man. Already know. Uh, okay. Uh, Giordano. That's, that's one. Um, Lucic has got to be getting pretty old, right? That's two. Okay. Um, oof, uh, let's think. Who's old on that team now? <laughs> Tanev, Tanev's pretty old, right? He's getting on in years. You see three? He, is he in that? No, I'm not confirming or nine. You got to give me five. Oh, wow. okay, fine. Tanev, three. Um, oh, Nesterov's not old. He's just terrible. Uh, <laughs> Zach Ronaldo's on that roster. Zach Ronaldo's on that roster. He's been, he, is he still on the roster? I just see one more. He's on the okay, roster. Okay, and let's go with, um, Oh, I said, mm. I'll, I'll give you a hundred points per right answer. So you got one more. Okay. Uh, let's say, uh, I don't know how Markstrom's always older than I think he is. So I don't think he's on this list, but I'm going to, I'm going to throw him in. Okay. Uh, out of the five you gave, you got three, correct. You had Giordano, Lucic and Tanev, uh, but you missed Derek Ryan and uh, Michael Backlund, who is 31. Yeah. I so would have guessed. I would have guessed day? Ryan. Wow. Ryan for sure, and then Backland yeah. probably. I just blanked on Ryan. I entirely <laughs> forgot. Team. Yeah. All right. I'll Thanks, go twenty. Rob. I'll go twenty twenty one Heat for five hundred. Okay. Who is the highest drafted player on the Heat roster? Okay. So, on the like like this is this is a question that depends on a few things. Like, was it like who played any games for the Heat this year? Cause like, I want to say, yes, I took this from, from Quant hockey. I used that, uh, to determine it. So if they're on that list. Okay. Cause, cause I know they drafted Jake. Well, Jacob Pelletier isn't on the team. Connor Zary is on the team. Um, and he was drafted 24th. Um, so I can't think of anybody who, Oh, uh, no, Petrovic was like a third round pick. 
Uh, Byron Fraze was like a second round pick. Um, I'm going to go with, uh, with Zary. You are correct. Yeah. Connor Zary. Uh, yeah. The, the top pick. Don, uh, it is now your turn. You are, I mean, trailing by a significant margin. Uh, so I would pick it up. How are you? All right. You know what? I will take potted potables for a thousand. No, let's go uh, flames history 20. Uh, let's go flames history for uh, what's left on the board here. The, I can't see it on. The oh, screen. I'm not share my screen. <laughs> didn't share your screen. Put me behind the uh, eight. Guess blind. Guess blind. Yeah. Okay. Let's go flames history 400. So I can, okay. you know what? Lose this one at least. <laughs> Who is the all-time penalty minute holder for the Flames? Flurry. That's got to be Flurry. No. No. No, no it's, eh. it's, it's Tim Honor. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> yeah. With uh, 2,400 penalty minutes in 545 games. That's honestly impressive. That's it is impressive. impressive. <laughs> like, that's, <laughs> that's... That's a till a game. That's, it that's, is. It's basically like, a fight a game. Yeah, and wow. It's also, I'll tell you right now, it's not even close to second place. <laughs> yeah. It's yeah. about 1,000 penalty minutes off second. Really, yeah. eh? Man, I think, I I think Flurry's at like 1,300 or something, but yeah. Yeah. All right, um, I'll go over, I'll go right back to 2021 Heat. I'll, I'll go small. I'll go 100. Okay. Just to take me down slower. Yeah. Which two players led the Heat in scoring this season? Are, okay. are we allowed to buzz? How does this work? <laughs> <laughs> so um, these two players are really fantastic players together, and both of them, I would say, should play games with the Flames before the end of the season uh, just because how, of how they play you know, play off of each other. They're really fantastic to watch. And that's Adam Rosichka and Matthew Phillips. Absolutely correct. I was just going to give you the points as soon as you started talking about like their chemistry. I'm like, I'm just going <laughs> to this they, board right now. <laughs> they, they were the mainstays on the first line all year long. And there was a stretch where Rosichka had 12 points in four games. Mm-hmm. Um, he was nuts. Like he, he's such a great shooter of the puck. He's, he's so much fun to watch. On. You got to do something drastic here. Yeah, you know what? 2021, 400. Let's catch it up on the flames. No, no, no. 2021. <laughs> you know, there's a category I got to be. Ooh. Are there more Swedes or Americans on the 2021 Flames roster this, this season? Might be, this might be the first one I don't know. Trying, yeah, I don't either. So you picked the bad one. <laughs> it's 50 50 at least. Um, okay. Oh, it's, it's, it feels like it's gotta be, I'm going through names in my head and I, my gut is saying Swedes and my brain is saying Americans. So we're going to go with the gut cause I'm hungry. So Swedes. Um, it's a good guess. Uh, but you're, you're, t- it's actually tied. That's a trick question. So close to never speaking to you again. This first, the Dustin Brown question a few weeks ago. And now, Oh yeah. <laughs> oh, I got him played a game. You try to guess, uh, you know, a certain player. So, and uh, I got him because Dustin Brown, I, he asked if this player played in an all-star game. game once as, I don't know, a make-a-wish event. <laughs> he he okay. made the 2009 all-star game. You know what? I'll, I'll give you, I'll give you the point. 200 points. You actually, open, yeah. this start, I think it's 50-50. And so I, I think that's close enough. I'll give you the points on that one. Recently. Well, because I did say I want, I thought both were true. It was just. I will say, I will say this. I would give him the points mostly because the Flames in recent years have been a haven for Swedish players. Yep. There have been so many. Um, so I, it's an understandable guess. So I would, I would give him the points for that reason. And if you play NHL a lot, I find that Nicholas Backstrom ends up going there in simulated modes a lot. So, you know, I would, I, I would be okay with that. He's a great player. I'll <laughs> go back more points than I deserve. So <laughs> I'll take them. <laughs> I'll go back. I'll go back to the heat uh, for yeah. 400. 400. Over under on wins. 
Well, I already said their exact record earlier yeah. on the show. Um, I was hoping I get this one. <laughs> yeah, I, I know uh, the re- their record was. Oh, 11- sorry. Let me just say the over under questions. I have a few of them in here. Uh, they're up for grabs, so both of you can answer. I I no, I'm not. I'm not gonna do that. I'm not gonna answer that. Their record was um, 11, 17, and two, so yeah, it was under. Points right here. Uh, <laughs> you're absolutely correct, Mike. Uh, they had yeah. 11 wins. <laughs> Okay, you know what? Let's go flame sister. Let's see if I can unshame myself. 200. We'll split 200. Okay. Over under 400. Lanny McDonald points as a flame. Oh, wow. I so want to say over here, but I know wow. that I'm probably wrong. Wow. This I am is a tough one. This, I'm going to go under because I think I would be right saying over and I'm wrong. So I want to take a guess under. here. I just want to take a guess at the exact number and see if yeah, I can go ahead. It. If I you guys get the exact be... number, I'll give you I'll give you double points. What did he say? He said under? Yeah. Not said under. Yeah, I think it's three hundred. I think it's three hundred and eighty nine. Three eighty nine for Mike. I'm gonna go three ninety four. You're both incorrect. It is over. What? Wow. It's over. Just over. 406 points. Lanny had to showboat and have a big game once or twice. Wow. <laughs> well, the, the, the so great bad. thing about Lanny is I think he finished his his career with exactly five hundred goals. Um, and in his last season, he got his 500th goal, his 500th, 500th assist, his 1,000th point, and a Stanley Cup, which is a pretty incredible final season. That's a nice, that's a nice way to end cap it off. And, yeah, no kidding. And the most iconic mustache in probably hockey. Yeah, no kidding. It's, it's got to be. It's, I All right. My turn. I'll go back to Flames yeah. history. 300. 300. Yeah. Which former Calgary Flame holds the franchise record with 28 shorthanded goals? Okay, um, I have a few options here. First of all, I know Theron Fleury once had a shorthanded hat trick, um, which is uh, impressive unto itself. Um, Al McInnes holds a lot of weird records like this, um, <laughs> but it, he didn't score a ton of goals. Like most of his points came from assists. Like he had like 900 assists or something. Uh, so that's why he's so high up on the Flames all-time scoring leaderboard. Um, thinking of other guys who score a lot of goals, like you said, former Flame. And so that eliminates guys like Backlund who were currently on the flames and even either way, Backlund, you know, hasn't played long enough to score 28 shorties. The guys who've played long enough, I mean, Theo killed penalties and Theo scored a lot of shorthanded goals. So I think it's gotta be him. Yeah. I'd agree with that. Uh, get the NFL draft music and you are correct. Yeah. Yep, there is. yeah. Like I knew he had the shorthanded breakaway, right. Or the shorthanded hat trick and that just seals it. Right. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely correct. Uh, I want to see what the bonus is. I want to see what the bonus is. You want the bonus? Let's see oh, the bonus You're going to like this one. Um, which Stockton Heat player was drafted 69th overall? Oh, boy. I think I might know this. <laughs> 69th round. 69th pick. That's early third. 69th round? What is this, baseball? <laughs> <laughs> MLB. MLB stats. <laughs> oh, man. Okay, so this is it's, that's early third round. I think I know who this is. Uh, third rounder, third rounder, current player. Uh, if Don gets this wrong, Mike, you can you can steal it. I don't know if that's a Jeopardy rule, but I think this game. It's more is, of a Family Feud rule, but yeah. yeah, we're merging it all together. Yeah, <laughs> I'm trying to think. Third round. I I'm just you know I'm gonna say Phillips. It's no, probably wrong. But... No, Phillips. Uh, Phillips was a uh, Phillips was a uh, sixth round pick. Sixth, um, like... so uh, the guys who I can think of here. Um, Adam Rzichko went 104th. I know that. 
Um, the guys who I'm thinking of, the two candidates here are Zach Leslie and Byron Fraze. Um, it's one of them, without a doubt, in my mind. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not Parsons. Parsons was a second rounder. Um, it's not Garrett. I don't think it's Garrett Sparks. Uh, I don't. I don't know if Garrett Sparks was even drafted, and if he was, he was drafted late. Um, gonna go with my gut, Zach Leslie. Wait, not a doubt in your mind, Mike. You're incorrect. It is Michael what? Stone. It's Michael Stone. Michael Stone. Oh no! Overall, the best Stone, as we all know. <laughs> oh man, the guy who will not leave the Flames organization, no matter <laughs> how hard he tries, no matter how hard the Flames try. Whether it be buying, <laughs> whether it be buying him out, or yeah, that like, is, like Michael, white on rice, Michael Stone and the Calgary Flames. Michael Stone is like hilarious because you know they acquired him to replace Dennis Wideman, um, which is funny in and of itself. You know he he gets bought out, he gets re-signed again, and then he gets brought in on a PTO and he re-signs again and now daryl sutter's playing him in like the top four like five <laughs> five years God after love Daryl Sutter. God it's love so weird. and the weirdest part is he's actually not doing that badly so, <laughs> there, so there you go this whole I guess league it's, is just it's just chaos right like yeah. nothing makes sense i guess it's my turn eh yeah uh, we'll go 2021 flames 300 over under seven the number of flames drafted by calgary Okay, so I can. I've I can, played a game so far this season. Yeah, right. Uh, okay, so we we can okay. do process elimination here. You got Monahan, who was drafted sixth. Chuck, who was drafted sixth. Uh, Gaudreau, who was one hundred four, I think. I think both Gaudreau and Rizicka were picked at the same spot. Um, so that's three. Anderson, Shillington, that's five. Um, Backland, that's six. Uh, Mangiapani, that's seven. Dubay, that's eight. So it's over. I'm going over with nine. Okay. There's Mike one play I don't with nine. Draft. It is nine. There yeah. are nine Calgary drafted players. Yeah, I'm trying to think of the guy who I didn't mention. Um, I don't have it in front of me right now, but it's I, clear I that I am I am winning here. <laughs> this one should have been worth more, I believe. You're you're during you're the second period. You're not facing the scoreboard anymore. Look, I'm look, I'm 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 gunning for silver here. <laughs> <laughs> I like your odds. on the podium. Uh, hey. Let's go. Uh, let's go. Uh, Flames history. Let's get one hundred. Cool. Which Calgary Flame won Rookie of the Year at age thirty-one? Of course. Was Makarov the one who? I know Makarov's the record, but was he thirty-four? Did he play for the Flames? Yeah, thirty-one. Yeah. yeah, Sergey Makarov. Yeah, very good. At age thirty-one, born in nineteen fifty-eight, uh, came in and won Rookie the of the Year. Yeah, the Flames have had a surprising number of Calder winners. They've had a lot. Um, I think they've had like three or four, um, but they're all back in the 80s. They have not had anybody win it since, and they really don't have many guys win awards. That's why it was such a weird thing when Giordano won the Norris a couple of years ago because it was very un-Calgary. You know, we usually have guys getting jobbed, like again, not winning the heart back in 2002. Um, okay, it's my turn. I'll go 2021 Heat for 300. I just got a sweep to catch it up. Mm-hmm. Oh, now, yeah. Bullies played at least one game with the Heat. So let me count them. Uh, we, got <laughs> Gar- we got Sparks. We got Louis Domingue. Uh, we got Andrew Shortridge. We got Tyler Parsons. We got Dustin Wolf. That's five. And I'm pretty sure there were six, but just, just I want to see if I can figure out who it is. Uh, Sparks, Shortridge, uh, Wolf, Parsons, um, Domingue. 
And who forgetting? Zagadulin, six. On it, once again, the uh, yeah. AHL Heat uh, Satishan. Nobody, nobody, nobody can say I wasn't paying attention this season. <laughs> I was watching all the games. Hey, Don, you're up. Uh, let's go. Uh, let's go. Twenty twenty one Flames, and I'm gonna go with uh, with my favorite rule is uh, when I was losing things as a child was <laughs> next shot wins. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> On my turn. Twenty twenty one Flames two hundred. Let's do this. Who is the tallest non-goalie on the Flames roster? God, uh, I man, I'm thinking of this, and I have zero idea of most of their heights. This is great. This is great. Um, there's a couple of short guys on that team, eh? Yeah. Uh-huh. Please, please, please answer the the question asked. You can talk about short players later. God, your disdain for short players has never not been apparent. Short players. What are you talking about? We hated short players since we met. Just just Paul Byron. That's it. There it is. No, no, you hated David Darnay too. That's Oilers legend, uh, David Darnay. So okay. <laughs> so well Don answers this question. I will say, here's a piece of trivia for your listeners. Okay. The tallest player in Flames history is Chris Breen, who is 6'7". And I know this because he assisted on Johnny Gaudreau's first NHL goal. Is that really? Uh, yeah. That's true. Good. I like that. That's a nice little piece of history. Yeah. I not know that. Yeah. Don, final answer. Uh, 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 Anderson. Anderson. Okay. No, that's not the answer. The answer, I believe, is Brett Ritchie. That is also not the answer. The answer is really? uh, Buddy Robinson. Oh, of course it's Buddy. Oh of God. course it's Buddy. That guy, <laughs> that guy sticks out like a sore thumb. Yeah. He's, yeah, yeah that's Buddy for sure. Of course. <laughs> no points on that one. Uh, two questions left. Uh, 21 Heat. 200. Who led the Heat in penalty minutes? Okay, this one's tricky because I know they have Alex Gallant, who I've already mentioned is a very tough customer, um, but he was injured for part of the season, so he only played about 15 games. Now, he got, I believe he got in the most fights on the team, so that would put him in pretty good position. I, I think Connor Mackey took a few penalties, and I think he might have gotten into a fight. And I know Glenn Godden, uh, gotten to a couple of skirmishes too. Those are my three candidates. Gun to my head, I'm going to say Alex Glant. Uh, you're correct, Alex Glant. 69 penalty minutes. Yeah, that's not surprising. <laughs> I mean, I would I would not be surprised if the three guys I mentioned were the top three. And I, I'm actually going to check that while you're answering the final mm-hmm. question. All right, I need to get this so that I don't get doubled because that was my goal with players <laughs> flames in score. <laughs> oh, this is easy. Uh, which player currently leads the Flames in scoring? No, is this goals or points? Points. Okay. I've been I've been yelled at uh, by uh, different communications people for. Cough, cough. Yeah. Yeah, that that's was, good yeah. We won't get a week. I, if we get into that, I'm gonna get mad. Code <laughs> of a PR person being mad that I've ever seen. Um, yeah, I'm. Uh, I'm gonna say Lindholm. Lindholm. Uh, there we go. On does not get doubled. A little bit of redemption. Elias Lindholm is the correct answer. Uh, but overall, uh, Mike, I, I may have tilted the scales a little too much with these heat questions. Uh, <laughs> I'm going to have to even these out next time. But uh, that is our, our little our little next game. All the questions are about Steve Shutt and Bunny LaRock. <laughs> <laughs> we'll get the well, I'm, I'm upset. 
I'm upset that when I was thinking of the penalty minute guys, I didn't think of Marty Pospisil, who is fantastic uh. and who missed the last half of the season though, um, because of the knee on knee hit that he got by Yannick Veu. Mm. Um, that was a brutal hit, but Pospisil, yeah. if we're talking about guys who will help the flame or who will help the heat next year, he's, he's fantastic. Mm-hmm. That was an ugly hit by Veu. It was terrible. I was, I was there like, like <laughs> I was, I, it was right in front of me and it was just, when I saw it, I was like, resisting the urge to scream because like it was just so horrible and you know yeah i'm i'm glad that he avoided too much damage that from what i've heard and he'll be back next year that's good to hear that's good to hear well mike thanks for uh joining the nosebleeds podcast where can people uh find you if you want to read your stuff or or hear what you have to say uh on on calgary roads um and uh, also yeah and also um uh, on twitter i'm i'm at mike t gould uh i'm at m-i-k-e-t-g-o-u-l-d um i have my own little website that i do stuff on from time to time theheatbeat.substack.com and that's in the bio of my twitter account i'm also on flamesnation.ca from time to time and i also do stuff uh I mean, I can keep going. I, 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 <laughs> no, I, I write Arizona Coyotes columns sometimes just for fun at Five for Howling on SB Nation. Uh, and I am part of the Aesthetics YouTube channel. So I am, you can just find that at youtube.com slash, slash aesthetics. Yeah, that should do it, I think. Awesome. Well, thanks for uh, coming on. We appreciate it. Of course. It. Thanks for having me.